Now I have the honor and privilege today of, uh, if you've ever been through Discover Mosaic, you know that uh, Mosaic, one of the groups that oversees the operations of this church is called our Overseers. Um, there's three men who are all pastors of different churches, uh, and one of them is here with us today. So I get the ple uh, pleasure of introducing Pastor Aaron Chambers from Journey Christian Church. He's a great friend of Mosaic. Um, him and Angel have been friends for a long time. So would you guys please give a warm Mosaic welcome to Pastor Aaron. All right, hey, it's, it's an honor to be with you all today. Pastor Angel and I started a, a network of uh, pastors about eight years ago called the Connect Leadership Network. And uh, one of the pastors in that network is Pastor Christy Gonzalez. Uh, she pastors a church in New Mexico. She reached out, uh, Pastor Flores reached out to her this week because her husband uh, is fighting cancer. And he reached out to her and asked if, what he could do to bless her. And she said, would you come to my house and preach? Would you come to our church and preach? And so Pastor Flores said, absolutely. He called me and said, hey, I'm going to go preach for uh, Pastor Christy. Would you uh, preach at Mosaic? I said, absolutely. Um, and so I needed to be at Journey today as well, so I've been going back and forth. This is my last message of the day. But uh, it's an honor because your pastor and Diane are amazing pastors, amazing people of God. Uh, but I wanted to let you know what they're doing. Like, they're, they are, I, I, they are, because here's the thing. Pastor wrote me this morning, Pastor Flores, and said that her husband, Johnny, passed away this morning. And so uh, 36 years old, five kids, um, died of cancer. And uh, Angel's like, what am I, like, what am I supposed to do? What am I, how, I, he feels the burden of it. And I said uh, to Angel, I said, what a good God we have that he sent a shepherd to pastor a grieving shepherd and then to turn around at the very same time, be able to minister to her flock. So uh, I want to pray for Pastor Flores. I want to pray for Christy and for her family and for their congregation. God, thank you so much for heaven. Thank you so much for salvation. Thank you so much that Johnny doesn't have cancer anymore. Thank you that he's healed. But Father, we pray for the grieving family. Father, most everybody hearing this message has lost somebody. But Father, none of us know exactly how Christy is feeling. And we can't imagine the disorienting grief she and her kids are feeling right now. So walk with them as they walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Love them, care for them, strengthen them, encourage them. Give, give Christy and her kids whatever they need. Give her wisdom as she's parenting now by herself. Give her strength, give her courage. Love her really well. God, be with uh, the church there. We pray for the church, that you bless the church as they're grieving today. And be with Pastor Flores as he is communicating with the church, as he's blessing them. I pray you'd use Pastor Diane and Pastor Flores to bless them, to speak to them, to reach them, to encourage them. And God, we, uh, we just ask all your blessings on this situation in Jesus' name. Amen. So I do love Mosaic. I love opportunities to be here. And I was really honored to fill in for Angel today. And um, I'm going to talk about something. And I want you to know, uh, don't be mad at Angel. Okay, don't be mad at Angel because I'm going to talk about giving today. All right? Because he said we, you're in a series called When Pigs Fly. And I thought, well, I don't have any sermons that go along with that right now, but I really want to talk about giving. And he's like, well, it's your head. So um, he did, I'm telling you, I didn't, I, I, he didn't say, hey, Aaron, come to my church and talk about giving. I begged him. I said, can I really, I want to talk about giving. Is that cool? He's like, whatever. Um, but here's the thing. Don't be mad at Angel. Be mad at me. And I would love to have your email. Just, I won't give you my address. Okay. Here's the thing. One of the reasons I wanted to talk to you guys about giving is to fan the flames that are already burning. Like, your church is a generous church. Do you understand that? Do you understand you're a part of a church that is extremely generous, extremely giving? 
In, just in the year 2022, you bought land to expand Jesus is My Refuge Church in Chiapas, Mexico. In 2022, you finished bathrooms and electrical work at Bethel Temple in Piedras Negras, Mexico. Do you all know you guys as a church covered staff salaries for three months at Bethel Adult Handicap Orphanage? That you purchased emergency food and supplies for Hurricane Fiona response efforts in Puerto Rico? That you covered, you as a church covered all the food meals for three months at the House of Mercy Orphanage in Piedra Negras, Mexico? Do you know as a church that you purchased food boxes and gifts for every resident at the Joe P. Martinez Low-Income Senior Housing Complex? Do you know that as a church, you supported the work at the cold weather shelter here in Greeley? And that is just some of what you've done as a church. You are a generous church. And for your generosity, I honor you and I praise God. But we talk about the church and the church is giving. I want to talk about our personal finances. Like, how are things in your personal life? This man, after hearing a sermon on money in the church, he wrote the IRS. He said, I can't sleep knowing that I've cheated on my income tax. Enclosed is a check for $150. If I still can't sleep, I'll send the rest. <laughs> like money issues, money issues can keep you up at night. Like Snoop Dogg, I got my mind on my money and my money on my mind. And yes, I just quoted Snoop Dogg. It keeps us up at night. It stresses us out. Why? Because we have bills we can't pay, vacations we can't afford to take, medical expenses we can't afford to pay, school expenses we can't afford to pay. We think about our kids going to college and we see no path, financial path for making their dreams come true. Maybe the debts you have, the bills you have, the financial struggles you have are keeping you up at night. If that's you, I have an important message to share with you this morning. Maybe you can relate to what the prophet Haggai preached in the year 520 BC. He said this in Haggai 1, 5 through 7. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, I got to stop for a second. I have more time with you guys. I'll still, I'll still be done on time, okay? But I have more time, so it's, I'm going for it, okay? Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts, Lord of hosts. You guys know what that means? The word host means angel armies, okay? So that's the thing. I want you to understand. When you say Lord of hosts, you're, you're, you're asking God to send angel armies into the situation. And for the record, there are armies of angels. Like, there's lots of angels, okay? So when it comes to your finances, I want you to pray to the Lord of hosts. Like, Lord, like, bring the army. Bring every single angel you've got to help us fight this battle, now, therefore, says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourselves, but no one's warm. And he who, tell me, by the way, tell me if you can't relate to this. And he who earns wages does so to put them into a bag with holes. And your kids have cut those holes. And your grandkids have cut those holes. And the IRS has cut those holes. And your ex has cut those holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. And that's what we're going to do. For my time this morning with you, we're going to do what Haggai said twice. We're going to consider your ways. Why? So we can sleep better at night. Jesus wants us to consider our ways. Jesus wants us to think about money. He talked about money twice as much as heaven and hell. In fact, 16 of the 38 parables of Jesus had to do with money and possessions. There are over 500 verses about prayer and faith, but there are 2,000 verses about money and possessions. Why? Well, Jesus said it. He said, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be 
also. And I believe we will stress less. We will sleep better at night when we love the Lord wholeheartedly. How do we love the Lord wholeheartedly? What does that mean? What does it look like? Well, when you love somebody wholeheartedly, what does that look like? You think about them, you talk about them, you love to spend time with them, and you sacrifice for them. So what does it look like to love God wholeheartedly? You think about them, you think about God, you talk about God, you love to spend time with God, and you sacrifice for God. We will stress less also when the Lord is more important to us than money. Jesus said it this way, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. You want to learn something cool here? This is really cool. The word here for money, where you cannot serve God and money, the Greek word there is the Greek word memonos, 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 all right? The Christians got this word from the Babylonians. Memonos was the Syrian god of riches. He was the god of confusion. So Jesus is literally saying, you can't serve God and the god of confusion. You can't serve God and riches. And I want you to hear that because Satan wants you confused in regards to money. And one of the ways he does that is to get us to serve money and not God. And you may say, I'm not serving money. Well, here are the signs you're serving money. You're in debt to it. It owns more than your entire paycheck. What does that mean? Here's what that means. Your paycheck's $1,000, but you got $8,000 of debt. Mm-mm, that's not going to work. You know, the average American family comes, carries an average debt of $137,63,000. And if you do that, it owns your mind and it owns your desires. Are you serving money or are you serving God? Does money own your desires? In the book, The Day America Told the Truth, the author asked this question. What are you willing to do for $10 million? Check this out, all right? 25% would abandon their families. 23% would become a prostitute for a week. Yes! 7% would murder a stranger. 16% would give up their American citizenship. 16% would leave their spouses. 10% would withhold testimony and let a murderer go free. 3% would put their children up for adoption. Come on! And this last one truly astounded me. 0.00065% would sell you their cat. Who wants it? Come on, it's a good deal. It's a good cat. It's disturbing how the spirit of money has taken control over some people's lives. You will, you'll sleep better at night. We will stress less when we stop believing the lies about money. There are a lot of lies when it comes to money. Here's a lie. Having more money will make me more secure. If I have more money, I'll be more secure. We talk about financial security. But God says this. I love this. Proverbs 18, 11. Check this out. A rich man's wealth is his strong city, and like a high wall in his imagination. <laughs> if I get all this money, I'll be good. I'll be perfect. Life will be smooth. Mm-mm. That's just a high wall in your imagination. Here's some truth. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Keep your life free from the love of money. And be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Amen's right. I'm preaching a little better than you're reacting, but that's okay. I mean, it's not like you are preaching for the fifth time today. So I'll show you grace. 
And by the way, I'm going to tell you, my mouth is killing me. I got to tell you this. Like, this is really hard. I'm like, this is the week I decided to get liners, like to get Invisalign. And they like, my mouth is like a crime scene. And it's like full of plastic and screws and all kinds of stuff. Plus, on top of it, half my mouth is paralyzed. Cause, like, I, mean, is, I can't feel because I had a bad, uh, a bad, uh, they took my wisdom teeth out well, like four years ago and they cut a nerve. And so half my mouth, I can't feel. Half my tongue, I can't feel and half my mouth I can't feel. So like on top of everything else, like this is hard, give me some grace. I'm doing the best I can, okay? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, why, do I, why did I decide at this age to get my teeth straight? Anyway, so here's the deal. My wife has a thought about that, by the way, which I'm not gonna share with you, but um, it's basically, um, you better not be straightening your teeth for anybody else but me. <laughs> I was like, Absolutely. Um, here's another lie. Here's another lie. The things I own define who I am. And this lie looks like, mankind, I, if I have a big house, if I have a nice car, if I have lots of money in the bank, lots of jewels, like, I'll be a big deal. I'll be important. I'll be the definition of success. I am successful because I have all this stuff, right? The things I own define who I am. And Jesus warned. He said, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. For one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Then Ecclesiastes, you guys know this, Ecclesiastes 5.10. He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This is also vanity. Our wealth, our money does not define who we are. You know what we should be defined by? You know who the most blessed people in the world are? Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. Being forgiven is the most important blessing we could ever desire or receive. Let's pursue that. Oh, this third lie hits home. When it comes to wealth, my stuff belongs to me. That's like my daughter, my oldest daughter, Ashton, when I bought her a, a cherry Slurpee one time. And I, I was hot summer day, and she wanted a cherry Slurpee, so I got her a cherry Slurpee. And I wasn't in the mood for a cherry Slurpee at the time, but, you know, a mile away from the 7-Eleven, I'm ready for a cherry Slurpee. And I'm like, hey, sweetie, can I have a sip of your cherry Slurpee? And she's like, no. I'm like, no, sweetie, please, can I, I'm, I'm dying here. Can I just have just one little sip of your Slurpee? She's like, no, it's mine. And I wanted to say, um, seriously, it's yours? <laughs> it's yours? Like, you work a 40-hour work week to buy that Slurpee? Like, you play with your dolls all day. Like, your biggest challenge is doing your hair. Like, seriously, you, that Slurpee is yours? That Slurpee is mine, girl? You wouldn't have a Slurpee. It went for me and your mom working our butts off day after day. Give me a sip of the Slurpee. I still don't know whether it was delicious or not because I did not get a sip. Here's the truth. We are stewards of God's possessions. We are stewards of God's possessions. We don't own this stuff. And when we see ourselves as owners and not managers, we handle things differently. And, and one of the things I want to confess to you is so for so many years, I functioned as an owner of God's possessions and not a manager of God's possessions. And that looked like making stupid decisions. Now, I'm not preaching fairy tales right now. I want to tell you, when it comes to what we're talking about here, I, I have tons of experience. I was talking to a mentor a few years ago, and we were talking about debt, and I was wanting to get out of debt, and he told me why I was in debt, because I was an idiot. Like, you're an idiot, and if you want to get out of debt, you've got to stop making stupid decisions, because I had stupid debt. Stupid debt. You know what stupid debt is? It's not your mortgage. It's, it's, it's not your investment. Stupid debt is credit cards. 
it's like technology. It's having fancy cars. Like, it's stupid, stupid debt, right? It's all going to burn. Now, if you can afford it, that's good. But I'm telling you, some people can't, and it's stupid debt. We had $89,000 of stupid debt. So, we, yes. So we were living paycheck to paycheck. And my wife and I started praying about that. Like, God, please help us. We want to be better managers of your money. What do we do? And he's like, you need to sell your house. And we're like, no, <laughs> it's not going to happen. Wrong number. <laughs> uh, and God made it clear to both me and my wife that he wanted us to sell our house. So we put our house on the market in February of 2020. That's smart. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, pandemic, <laughs> the next month. Uh, yeah, so we uh, had our house on the market during the pandemic, and there was like, it was a lot of stress, like, because we're like, why are we doing this? We're like, the, we're the only idiots in the neighborhood who have our house for sale when you can't even leave your house. Like, it's pandemic. No, like, no one, do you know it's impossible to show your house when you can't leave your house? Did you know that? And we're like, God, I feel like Noah. Like, I built a boat. It's not raining. I have a for sale house signed in front of my house, and you can't even leave your house to go look at my house. You can't come in my house. You know, it's like, no realtor's coming in my house. Like, how are we going to sell this house? We sold the house. Yeah, we sold the house. And um, I, I want you to, I'm going to be vulnerable with you. We sold our house, and we made a ton of ton of money on it. It was crazy. It was so God. And so we paid off the $89,000. So, so, so as I sit here right now, we, are, we have no stupid debt, no stupid debt. And so we paid off the money. And then we realized in talking to wise Christian people that if God gives you talents, he expects you to make more talents. So we, we took some of what we made and we started investing in things that would actually make us money, make us passive income and good things. And then because of that, you know, here's what happens when you're debt free, you have more money. And so we were able to help start a college in Kenya, and we were able to, we've been able to help support missionaries and do things all over the world. And like stuff happens in our with our friends and community, and my wife and I are able to say, "Hey, we'll take care of that," because it's like because here's the thing: when God can trust you to manage His money, He gives you more of His money to manage. So, so I'm telling you, like 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 it is such an empowering thing to be able to stand in front of you with credibility and say, I'm not in debt. Like we're not in debt. We have like there's there's mortgage and stuff like that that but we don't have stupid debt anymore. And it's so liberating and it's so free. And here's the thing I found is when when you when God can trust you manage his money and you manage it and you shovel it to God, hey God, I want to bless this. I want to help these people, I want to do this, I want to give this. And and then he shovels it back and he uses a bigger shovel. When he knows he can trust you. We don't own it. He does. Okay. Um, you cannot give God. I love this scripture in First Chronicles 29, verses 10 through 12. Therefore David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly, and David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, O God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty. Look at this. Because you, you, we have our name on things. We own stuff, right? For all that is in, he in the heavens and in the earth is yours. It all belongs to God. All right? Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Both riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might. In your hand is the strength to make great and to give strength to all. Anybody here been blessed by undeserved gifts from God? Anybody? Okay, three people. Okay. Dear God, we're done. Please help them. <laughs> Has anybody here been blessed by undeserved, undeserved gifts from God? Yep. Okay. Okay. So what does he want in return? What does God want in return? 
What does God want in return? Well, under the law, he asked for 10%, called a tithe. In Leviticus 27, we read, Every tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees, is the Lord's. It is holy to the Lord. And then in Malachi, we read this. I want to make sure you understand what I'm about to read did not come from Pastor Flores. It did not come from me. If you have a problem with what I'm about to read, you've got to take it to God. Because here's what God said. All right, Malachi 3.6. I'm going to jump down a little bit here. He's, uh, return to me, God says, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse because you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the window of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. And you're going to ask, isn't tithing an Old Testament law? Yes, it is. It is a law. And as Christians saved by grace, you don't have to do it. You get to do it. It's fun. It's like, it's like this. It's like when I dated my wife, like I spoiled her and I was broke, but we'd get milkshakes and like I would get her her own milkshake. Like that was, and, and we'd get spaghetti and put meat in it. Because you're rich, you can put meat in your spaghetti sauce. Like I'd make her spaghetti, put meat in it. Like I sacrificed for her because we we're dating and I wanted to marry her and I wanted to be her husband. And, and then we got engaged and I bought her a ring and I worked two jobs to buy her that ring and I spoiled Like I wanted, and then we get married and then I stopped doing anything. Because I'm not under law. I'm not under law. I, I'm, 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 I'm under grace now. And I don't have to do that anymore. Are you kidding me? No, I want to do it even more now, because I, I, I nailed the dismount. She's my wife. Woo-hoo! I'll kick my coverage. Woo-hoo! Like, she's amazing. I'm 32 years in. I'm still in love with this woman, and I want to spoil her. I want to take care of her. I want to bless her, all right? It's a privilege. It's an honor. And don't, don't be saying this, well, it's not a, I'm not under the law anymore. I'm not going to give God 10%. I'm going to give him 1% because I truly love him. Are you serious? You don't want to tithe his? Like, it's a way to say, tell God you love him. It's a way to tell God you depend on him. It's communicating that God is first in our lives. Well, I can't afford to give. Are you seriously going to sit there and say you can't afford to give? You make $50,000. You can't live on $45,000? Here's the deal. Okay, I got some stuff up here. Ten bananas. Here are ten bananas, all right? Here's a tithe. It's all God wants. God just wants one banana. You want the banana? Here you go, dude. It's like tithing. It's like, here you go. I'm going to bless you, my brother. Go and sin no more. All right? So see that. That's what God wants. He wants you to give it away. All right? And he lets us keep these nine bananas. What a monster. God's a monster. Why would God do that? Why would God think that I could survive on nine bananas? I need ten. Babies. Donuts. Who likes donuts? Yep. Some of you like donuts a little too much, but 10 donuts, 10 donuts. Here's all God wants. God just wants one. Just one. I would give this away, by the way, but he, Pastor Angel bought these before you left, and they are, it's like a brick. Um, this is all God wants, right? And this is what God lets us feast on. 
and you're going to sit there and try to with a straight face tell me that God is unreasonable and that we can't survive when he gives us this to gorge ourselves on? Not, and some of us not, need not to be doing that, by the way. And I have ten roses. And this is all God wants. And I think he deserves it. Because this is what he lets us keep. And you're, he's such a good God. He's such a loving God. He deserves, like the, the truth is, he, he, des he deserves these. Like he deserves all these. I'm a joke. I'm pathetic. I'm the chief of all sinners. Why would he die for me? Why would, like, why would, I don't deserve this. He, des he deserves it all, but he, he lets us have it. So tithing is a way to just say you love him. It's a test of our faith. Because you may say, well, the church doesn't need my money. And I will tell you, as somebody who deeply loves this church and has been privileged to see how this church makes decisions, I will tell you, Mosaic, that's partially true. Mosaic doesn't really need your money. The leadership team of this church has gone to great lengths to make sure you are financially wise and good stewards of God's money. But if you say that the church doesn't need my money, the second thing I'd like to say is, are you kidding me? Mosaic, do you understand like Mosaic is using your money to make a dynamic impact on this community and this world? And don't you think if another $100,000 came in that that $100,000 is not going to be used to bless the snot out of this world? Because tithing allows the church to do the work of the Lord. Okay, challenge is this. Last, last thing I'll say, I'm out of time. Last thing is this, is just a challenge I'll leave you with. If you're not tithing, I want to challenge you to start tithing. And if you are tithing, I want to challenge you to start tithing more, giving more. Just test the Lord with the tithes. See if it doesn't open the floodgates of heaven. Okay, and the third thing is this. If you're in stupid debt, I want you today, this afternoon before the Broncos play, I want you to write down a plan to start getting out of stupid debt. Okay, you can do it. It's liberating. It's amazing. And you may be sitting there after I talked about money saying, Pastor Chambers, you're bananas if you think I'm going to start giving more. I do not want to hear another word about giving. <laughs> and to that, I'd say, Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> so maybe we can raise our plans for giving more. God, thank you so much for giving so much to us. You're so good. You're so loving. You're so kind. You are awesome. I thank you for Mosaic Church your blessings, your favor on them. And God, uh, yeah, we're going to give more. We're going to trust you because we love you so much. Thank you so much for loving us and letting us manage your wealth. Help us to manage it well. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Aaron, for that message. And um, it really is I mean, it's real. I've, I've seen it in my life. I know everybody, everybody that I've ever talked to that does this has seen it in their life. But you might be wondering, how does that apply to me? And if you're sitting here this morning and you haven't given your life to Jesus, if you haven't prayed a prayer of salvation, if you, hadn't, if you haven't connected your life to him, the whole reason that this church exists is to connect people to Jesus and help them grow in their faith. And if you haven't done that yet, yeah, tithing isn't for you. And I get it. You'd be, I, I would agree with you. There's no reason for you to give if you have not given your life to Christ. 
but that's the first step. And so we're gonna give you that opportunity to take that step today. And so I'm gonna ask everybody to bow your heads and close your eyes, and I want everybody to repeat this prayer with me. Pray, dear Jesus, this morning I give you my life. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. This morning I pray you'd wash me and make me new. Increase my faith. In your name I pray, amen. If you said that prayer for the first time this morning, we want to say welcome to the family of God. You made the best decision that you ever could for your life. But we know that that's just the first step. And so if you would scan this QR code or the QR code on the back of your chair, we have a gift we want to send you to help you take the next steps in your walk with Christ. Uh, now, before we dismiss, we just have a few quick announcements uh, to get through. Um, so next week, we've been talking about this for a few weeks, is Mosaic's 16th birthday. And yeah. So we are going to be doing a combined service with our Spanish service. If you didn't know, we have a Spanish service. They meet here at nine o'clock on the other side of the building. We're gonna be two, we are gonna be doing two identical services at nine o'clock and 11 o'clock. They're both gonna be bilingual. So it doesn't matter which one you come to, you're gonna get the exact same service. Um, and we have a few surprises for you next week. So uh, please come out to that. It's gonna be a really, really, really fun day um, as we celebrate uh, this church's birthday. But also next week, we're gonna be doing our connect group signups. Um, and this is one of the most important things we do here because it's your chance to get to know the people who are sitting around you in this room. I promise you, there is, there is no better way for you to get connected to this church and to Jesus through the relationships that, that you will build through Connect Groups. Some of my best friends have come through those. And so come next week, prepared to sign up for those. Also, uh, coming up, we started announcing this last week. Um, if you are going to the grocery store, anything like that, would you grab a bag of candy while you're there? and just bring it to the church. We're gonna be, we're starting to collect candy for our annual trunk or treat. It's the last Sunday in October. Uh, but last year we gave out like 30 or 40,000 pieces of candy. So we need a lot of candy. So would you help us do that and just uh, bring that whenever you do, whenever you come. And then the last thing is when you, when you walked in, you should have received a little like three inch invite card. And if you didn't, Make sure you grab one on the way out. Um, they are invite cards for At The Movies. That's starting in October. This is one of my favorite series that we do throughout the year because it's, it's a very, very easy way to invite your friends who don't know Jesus yet. We're gonna, be, we're, gonna be, we're gonna be talking about some of the biggest Hollywood movies and we're gonna be pulling biblical principles out of them. So it's a very, very low bar of entry. Bring your friends. I promise you, you will not regret it. It's the easiest, best time to invite people. Um, but with that, we're gonna finish this morning uh, with our giving. And Pastor Aaron already said everything that I need to say. When you give to this church, it doesn't go to my salary. It doesn't go to Pastor Angel's salary. It, it goes and it, it goes out far beyond these walls. And so if you will partner with us, I promise you, we will change the world through, through what we do here. So let's pray over this morning's offering. God, we thank you for today, God. Thank you for Pastor Aaron and this message that, that just reminds us giving to you isn't an obligation. It's not a requirement. It's something that we get to do out of our love for you. And so I pray over this morning's offering that you would take it, that you would multiply it, that you would get, use it to advance your kingdom everywhere Mosaic is active, Father. Thank you for letting us be a part of what you're doing in this world. In your name we pray. Amen. Guys, with that, have a great week. We love you. We'll see you next Sunday. If you would like some additional prayer, we'll have some folks up here that would love to pray for you.